Hey, everyone. I'm Kate Leinbaugh, co-host of The Journal from Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. In 2021, you heard 544 Days, the story of journalist Jason Rezaian being arrested and imprisoned in Iran. Since then, Jason's been following cases inside Iran and around the world of journalists and other Americans who are being targeted by authoritarian regimes. One of them now is my colleague, Evan Gershkovich, a reporter for The Wall Street Journal in Russia. Evan was based in Moscow, and most recently, he was writing about how the war in Ukraine is changing Russian society. On March 29th, he was detained by Russian authorities and is being held on an allegation of espionage, an allegation that the Wall Street Journal and the U.S. government vehemently deny. Here's his story. Last Wednesday, our colleague and Russia correspondent Evan Gershkovich was on a reporting trip. He was in a city about 900 miles east of Moscow. And he, shortly before 4 p.m., went to go sit down at a steakhouse. That's our colleague Drew Hinshaw, who's worked closely with Evan. And uh, one of the last exchanges he had, a little bit before that, was he texted a, a, a colleague, texted him to say, hey, hey, buddy, good luck today. And he texted back, thanks. I'll let you know how it goes. And then nothing. The phone stopped pinging. And for a few hours, the journal was left scrambling to try to figure out what was going on, trying to reach him, trying to see if somebody could drive past where he was staying, trying to get some kind of contact. On Thursday morning, Russian state news revealed that Evan was detained and accused of espionage. Drew's been reporting on Evan's detention with another colleague, Joe Parkinson. And Joe remembers seeing a video of Evan on Thursday outside a courthouse in Moscow. And Evan was there in a yellow jacket um, being marched through a door very quickly, um, still wearing the baggy blue jeans that we often saw him wearing in the bureau. And do you remember your reaction when you got the news that Evan was arrested? I'd say shock, outrage, fear. And you know, there are moments where a vision of him comes to you, where he is and what he's doing. And I would say it all still feels incredibly surreal and unreal. And I can't believe that he's there. I've been covering Central and Eastern Europe for years and I'm very familiar with um, the kinds of things that happen in Russia. But when it happens to someone that you were just texting with a couple of days ago and that you've worked with for a year and that you know, it's a, it's a bowling ball to the gut. The Wall Street Journal, President Biden, and a coalition of news organizations have all strenuously denied Russia's claim that Evan is a spy. And they have called for his immediate release. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Monday, April 3rd. Coming up on the show, Russia's arrest of Wall Street Journal reporter Evan Gershkovich.
Evan Gershkovich is 31 years old and a U.S. citizen. Evan's a really likable, uh, a charming guy from New Jersey. Everybody who meets him kind of has the impression of someone who um, is really outgoing, uh, likes to talk to people, sociable. You feel like he's listening to you. Evan has a lifelong love of, of soccer. He's that guy you know who watches European uh, soccer and, and knows the team. What's his team? Arsenal is his team. And he, in college, he scored the winning uh, penalty kick uh, against Amherst. Basically, the game is in extra time, I guess what you guys would call overtime. And uh, he comes off the bench, takes the penalty and scores the winning goal. And there's this incredible picture of him that's still on his school website where he's kind of running away from everyone trying to sort of rugby tackle him in celebration. And his team lifted the cup. Evan's family is from Russia. His parents left the country in the 1970s and met in Detroit. So he has quite a, an incredible family history. His mother's side, they're from Ukraine, originally Russian-speaking Ukrainians, Jewish. They survived the pogroms, the First World War, the revolution that came after the First World War, the Holodomor, the starvation in Ukraine. And then when that ended, they survived the Second World War, the Holocaust, his grandmother worked as a Jewish nurse in Poland in the Second World War. She was one of those few nurses who was treating Auschwitz survivors as they came in. After college, Evan pursued his passion for journalism. His first job was at the New York Times as a news assistant, where he got a push to go abroad. One day, you know, his colleagues start to kind of say to him, hey, you speak Russian, your parents have this history in Russia, you kind of understand it at least from the point of view of an immigrant." Have you ever considered going to Russia? And so Evan's really on the fence. And he's wondering, should I stay at the New York Times, this prestigious newspaper, and work my way up? Or should I chance it and um, try to make it as a freelancer in Russia? And he hesitated. And then he went for it. Evan moved to Russia five and a half years ago. His first job there was for an English-language newspaper called the Moscow Times. He really felt a, a duty to cover Russia. He understood that this is, in a way, the world's most important story, that the world has a right to know what's going on in this country that is descending into a very dark place. And he was doing the honorable work, I think, of trying to understand what exactly had, had gone on in this country and what ordinary people and the Russian elite really thought of the direction that their country is going in. The series of stories he did with his colleagues uh, ended up winning awards. When COVID was spreading across the world, nobody really knew what was happening in Russia because the government was very secretive about, you know, the numbers and the death toll and um, how the government and the medical institutions were responding. And Evan spoke to a lot of doctors, managed to get the perspective of um, young people who were working on wards and had been drafted with very little experience to go and treat people who had COVID in quite dangerous conditions. So Evan joined the journal a year ago. What did that moment mean for him? He had the most incredible kind of baptism of fire when he joined the journal, because he joined the journal in January 2022. And of course, in February, Russia invaded Ukraine. And so the eyes of the world were on our reporters there, and everybody needed to step up. And Evan did that immediately. 
Here's Evan at the time. Russia expected to capture Kyiv within the first week of the war, and we saw a sort of triumphant uh, attitude on Russian state TV in the first days. They got marred down in a fierce fighting with Ukrainian soldiers for weeks. Uh, and in the early days of the conflict, got himself into Belarus and down to the border with Ukraine, where he was able to watch Russian soldiers who'd been fighting coming back over the border to be treated. He was the only Western reporter in that location able to get that story. And that was a huge exclusive and really, um, really gave a kind of new insight to the readers about what was happening on the Russian side, because things at that point were very, very constrained in terms of how people could tell that story. And what has it been like for both of you working side by side with Evan, reporting stories together? Working with Evan's great because he brings this kind of positivity and this energy and this curiosity to what he's doing, but he also takes it really seriously. And he's really clear-minded about how to engage with sources, uh, how to do that in the most uh, sensible and the safest way possible. Evan is a kind of remarkable and magnetic character that actually tends to make quite a big impression on everyone that he meets almost straight away, particularly journalists. And I say that because journalists can recognize another natural-born specimen. I heard from a friend that he used to talk about writing paragraphs as if he was doing reps in the gym. Like the guy literally was like writing stories to kind of work out. This is what he loved to do. And that love for telling stories, and particularly, you know, the passion for telling stories from Russia, I think kind of just shined through with everyone that spoke to him. In the last few years, freedom of expression and press in Russia has gotten tighter. How has Evan handled that in his reporting? He thought a lot as he was reporting about how difficult it was becoming to to tell the story. Uh, And he wrote this very, very vivid piece um, about how on the surface in Moscow a few months into the war, uh, you could be forgiven for thinking that a lot of things looked the same. The sanctions were yet to bite. Uh, People were going about their business. But under the surface, there was this tension You know, people were starting to disappear. They were either left to go across the border or people were being arrested or people were being taken off for questioning. And you actually um, see in his Twitter feed, Evan kind of wrestling with this. He wrote a tweet in July saying, reporting on Russia is now also a regular practice of watching people that you know get locked away for years. Now, Evan is in a Russian prison. How the world has responded is after the break. What reason has Russia given for Evan's arrest? Russia has charged him with espionage. This is the first time any foreign reporter has been charged with espionage since 1986 since the Cold War. And really, this didn't happen very often during the Cold War. So Russia has said that Russia's charged him with espionage, but this is a secret trial. There is no evidence or any kind of public hearing, the private hearing that we can't even imagine what's going on there. Almost all of these cases end in a conviction. The journal says he was there reporting. And that's exactly the Evan that we know and that his family knows and his friends know and his colleagues know is as an intrepid and uh, very diligent and serious reporter. 
Here's our editor-in-chief, Emma Tucker, on CBS News Evan, yesterday. Um, Evan is a very talented, experienced reporter. He, he's accredited to report from Russia. And he was on, a, on an assignment doing what he always does. He was gathering information. He was reporting from the ground to provide our readers with eyewitness accounts of what it's like to be in Russia at the moment. He, it's a complete outrage that he was uh, arrested like this. And, I mean, the charges are crazy, you know. Evan's a reporter doing his job. Russia has, to an extent, criminalized reporting. The restrictions on reporting now are so stern that any reporter could have been picked up for a political reason at any time. Evan was doing his job just like he's been doing it, accredited to the foreign ministry for years. And, you know, everybody who from the US government who's looking at this... Uh, from foreign governments that are starting to look at this, as well as the journal, of course, and his family and friends, know that these allegations on their face just don't add up, don't make any sense at all. So Evan is now being held at Lefortovo Prison in Moscow. What do you know about his conditions there? We don't know exactly where Evan is in Lefortovo Prison, But what we know from speaking to people who have been there, been questioned there, served sentences there, is that uh, you serve initially a two-week quarantine where you speak to nobody. You're in full solitary confinement. In the last year, we've seen a prisoner exchange happen between the U.S. and Russia with the Brittany Griner case. Could that be on the table here? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I don't think anybody knows. Evan has not been able to see a representative of his government, a lawyer that was hired by us. He has not had any contact with his family, any contact with his colleagues or friends. And that's where we are, uh, where we're left right now. What kind of message do you wish Evan could get right now? I know that what I... What I hope Evan could hear right now is that his colleagues are with him. I hope he is able to understand that there's been this huge outpouring of people who know him and who, who care for him, who have come together to see what they can do. And I hope he's able to understand that and hear that and get some glimpse of that because I have to imagine it would be hugely affirming for him to know that where he is, that somewhere out there on the other side of that prison wall is a whole community of people who are, who are rooting for him and who have his back. I think the Kremlin obviously knew what it was doing in arresting Evan. It's uh, sending a signal that it doesn't want free, fair, balanced reporting about what's happening inside Russia at the moment. And that's why Although the news organization, you know, friends and colleagues are very focused on what's happening to Evan, uh, this is a case that goes far beyond him. This is about freedom of the press in Russia and actually the ability of the free press to tell stories all across the world where autocratic governments take their cues from people like Vladimir Putin. And it's a moment where the world needs to stand up for our values and for freedom of the press because what's happened to Evan is sending a chill through the industry and sending a chill through the world at a time where we need free and impartial information more than ever. 
It's been more than three weeks since our colleague Evan Gershkovich was wrongfully detained by Russia. We'll keep sharing developments on Evan's situation on our show, The Journal. So follow us there for that and more. And to read Evan's reporting from Russia, go to wsj.com slash Evan. Thanks for listening.